Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Start the clock. You, the one with that smile, yeah. Come over here for a while. Hey, girl, do you hear what I say? I don't have time to be waiting all day. Just believe that it's not. My name's Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean. Welcome to Film Colossus. Your guide to movies. <laughs> Today, we have 60 minutes on the clock That's to talk. It's, it is arguably way too many. <laughs> Whatever to movie talk. you're about to say, it's too much. If it's not Citizen Kane, that's too much. The Batman. Oh, okay. We might need 60 minutes, actually. I mean, the movie's long. <laughs> it's long as hell. <laughs> We should try to aim to talk 180 minutes and just beat out the Batman. <laughs> you know, it's the second, like, three-hour-ish movie that I've watched in the last week. And you're about to watch Tar, which is two and a half hours. Yeah. I'm I'm deep into the movie. <laughs> long movie wormhole right now. <laughs> Wait, what's the other long movie you watched? Babylon. Babylon's that long? Yeah, it's like three hours and eight minutes or something. No, it isn't. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is it worth it? Uh, I liked the Batman much more, but you <laughs> might like Babylon much more. <laughs> I'm excited to talk. I, I, of all the movies, maybe we should have started with this movie, actually, before we talked about Megan, because like, I feel like you and I, even though we have different movie sensibilities, we were mostly on the same page about Megan. Like some stuff bothered us more than the other person, but like we kind of came to a consensus. The Batman, I think, truly captures how you <laughs> and I watch movies differently. And um, I hope it's a congenial conversation. I hope, you know, it's we're polite to one another, but we may walk away enemies after this. I could very much see it happening because I feel like, you know, I can accept... I can accept some negative criticisms that you might have, but I feel like you're not going to pull any punches. <laughs> I, I I honestly wonder what you think I think of this movie, because I feel like we've never actually talked about it. I've made it clear in the past that the Batman isn't exactly my jam. Um, and many people have noted it <laughs> when they look at my 2022 movie rankings. Pretty much they go to my 2020 movie rankings. They see that Morbius is above the Batman. And they start yelling at me <laughs> and they assume that I hate the Batman, which I don't. Um, but I have many problems with the Batman. So but with all that said, I was excited to go into this viewing because I was hoping I would come away liking it more. 
So that's my preview of what we're about to talk about. Okay, I was curious. So this was my third time watching it, and this was your second time, right? Third time? Yeah, this is my second. Yeah, this is my third. I saw it twice in theaters. Oh, you liked it that much? I did. I do. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Let's let's zoom out. Yeah, zoom let's out. Let's go back. Not even zoom out. Let's, let's go back. Back in time. Do you remember any of the uh build up to this movie like oh. when did you first become aware of it what were your expectations oh totally i mean like i feel like that happens with every it's like whenever they're picking a new james bond like there's such an aura around the movie um and the batman had that going for the wa- for a while I-, I will say that as much as i like a lot of the batman movies i don't follow batman news super closely i'm not really that big in the comic books or comic book movies um although again there are a lot of them that i love uh enough of them i think suck that i don't pay attention (laughs) but for the batman in particular i was very excited especially when i found out robert pattinson was batman like say what you want about any of the batman movies like they always pick good batman at batman uh (laughs) and robert pattinson like he's just he's one of the best like right now working and he's always working with the big directors like he's just one of the most exciting people in hollywood um so, like, super curious to see what he's going to do with the Batman. And then, you know, they had Zoe Kravitz, who's great. Colin Farrell, he's great. Like, it just, it it felt exciting that this movie was um, going to go a, a new direction with all these exciting people. And that it was going to be something different than Batman versus Superman. Which, hey, I love that movie. <laughs> I'm one of the only people in the world that loves that movie. But I'm also excited for something different than what Zack Snyder does. And the more we saw of what Matt Reeves was doing, this kind of like grim emo-y thing, like I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, you were, you're a fan of the the original, like, I don't, you can't even say like original Batman, like trilogy or quad tetralogy. Yeah, the 90s ones. The 90s ones, right? Like, do you, it's um, the Mr. Freeze one is your all-time favorite Batman? <laughs> Chris is outing me immediately. He wants everyone to know that they can't be on my side. Uh, I like all the original Batmans. Honestly, the one I like the least is the original Batman, which I think is good. Um, But I think Tim Burton kind of found his flair, like his signature style in Batman Returns. I love Batman Returns. Um, And then I love Joel Schumacher. I think Batman Forever and Batman Robin are incredible. Uh, they're very ton in cheek and goofy. They move at a Schumacher pace. Like I'm just there for that kind of energy. I get why people don't like it, um, but I love when movies are just like all in and completely genuine. And those movies strike that balance for me. I think I rank the like the '90s ones are the first like grouping, it just in chronological order. Yeah, it's like Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin are like how I would rank them i like by the time sure. it got to batman and robin i was like at my wits end i don't I everybody don't, was nobody yeah. liked that movie i don't find the same charm in it that you do yeah. it has been like decades since i've seen it so maybe maybe i would at this point but i was somebody that was into the comics and liked more of the hmm. the serious affectation or tone than the where okay. joel schumacher took it that, that's one of my questions and one of the things we'll get into about this movie, but I'll go ahead and ask you, um, what was your history with the comics? Because in my mind, 
so many different people have done the comics, you know, have tried out Batman, that mm-hmm. so that the interpretation of what Batman is and what energy and tone should be around him has changed so much. So it's funny to me when people like complain about Batman and Robin, which to me, it kind of feels like the old Adam West show. Like it's super yeah. goofy. It's super campy. Um, so it's interesting that some people like look at Batman and Robin and say like, that's not what Batman is. When like for a lot of people, that's what, what Batman was. <laughs> Uh, that's very true and fair. Like as a kid, as a kid, it was the original movie and the Adam West show were yeah. my kind of knowledge of Batman because the original movie was 1989. Yeah, 89. And I was born in 87, as you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both of those things were kind of my idea of Batman. I got into the comics like a little bit after that. Um, still like younger than 10, but it was, uh, like the nightfall saga or like the whole Batman and Bane saga that really like got me into the comics. And then as well as the, the character of Azrael, I was Mm. really into that as well. So there was a lot of the, the mid nineties era Batman that was a little more like heavy and gritty, um, as well as Batman the Animated Series. Like, I think for a lot oh, of people sure. our age, that kind of set a tone, especially like Batman Mask of the Phantasm, mm. which was such this like high quality. You've maybe watched it twice. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> I <have laughs> We've had two that. different like failed podcasts in the past, and both times Chris has made me watch that movie. <laughs> so I think everything that I liked about Batman was a little more in the the realm of like the serious and atmospheric rather mm-hmm. than the, the campy fun. Yeah. So you must've liked the, the Nolan Batmans. I was really into the Nolan Batmans, but I tend to have be someone that's like not that into Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he takes like a bit too many shortcuts that he just hopes that you don't think too deeply about. Uh-huh. And so you just mean from like a, more me. of a writing standpoint. From a writing standpoint, yeah. There's always something in all of the the movies that he's made where I'm just like, mm, that's like logic breaking <laughs> for me. But if you complain about it, people are just like, it's a movie, let it go. I'm like, ah, kind of, yes, sure. But so in each of the Batman Batman Origins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, there's like a multitude of just these little like cracks or fissures in the in the writing where I just kind of get annoyed. Yeah. Um and I think he sucks with action sequences. Uh just <laughs> the, the editing, the filming of it. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I've fallen off of those movies a little bit as the years have gone by. Mm-hmm. But when Origins and The Dark Knight first came out, I was like all in, like so excited, like very you happy. You mean Batman Begins? Uh, Batman Begins. Yeah, sorry, not Origins. Did you mix it up with Wolverine Origins? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> I don't know Which where that came from. Which would be hilarious to me. Oh, man. Uh, and then, you know, at this point, I think I would actually put Batman versus Superman over <laughs> the Nolan movies. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I thought I would never hear that out of your mouth. That like but, that Batman versus Superman is above like any movie, period. 
the <laughs> the director's cuts. Like I need to make oh, that clear. Right. The director's cut. I That's think the theatrical true. version is bullshit and pretty stupid. <laughs> and I still don't think like Batman versus Superman is like flawless. There are still things that kind of like make me roll my eyes. Yeah, um, totally, especially the opening scene with Ben Affleck like <sighs> running up to the girl and protecting <sighs> her. That has some of that Joel Schumacher vibe to it. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and... Br- well, I honestly think of that scene when I think of some of the stuff I don't like about the Batman. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like, okay. The kid stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, Batman versus Superman has, like... The director's cut definitely was, like, what I wanted the movie to be. It fixed a lot of the the narrative issues I had by just providing a little more context and extension of scenes rather than cutting out some of the mm-hmm. like necessary exposition or setup. Yeah. Um, like I'm excited to rewatch it soon. Like I'm it's kind of <laughs> been having an itch for it. Yeah. So, followed it up with justice league. Yeah. No, uh, like the director's cut of justice league was great too. Yeah. Um, so I went into the Batman, like very excited. Like I'm a Matt Reeves fan. Like I loved what he did with Cloverfield. Uh, I mean, I never saw let me in, but I really liked Mm -hmm. his planet of the apes movies. Yeah. So when he was announced for the Batman, I was like super excited. And then Robert Pattinson, I've been a fan of his ever since he was Cedric Diggory. I remember that name. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. You don't know Dudley Dursley, but you know, Cedric Diggory. (laughs) Wow. Is it Diggory? Yeah. No, that's a... Uh, yeah, I when I saw Goblet of Fire, I was just like, I don't know who that guy is, but he's going to be a star. <laughs> I mean, just, between that and Twilight, he hit, he hit him right off the bat. Like, I'm going to be in the biggest franchises available. Yeah, and then his recovery from Twilight has been... I disagree been about the word recovery, but sure. <laughs> you, you would, you would. Yeah, so I was, I was hyped from the get-go. And, like, I very much remember people, like, doubting Heath Ledger as the Joker. So when people were skeptical of... Robert Pattinson as Batman. I'm just like, nah, he's going to be great. Oh, and who's the guy that's playing Joker in the next movie? Um, the kid in oh. uh, Banshees. Yeah, Barry Keegan. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great move. Yeah, which it's I. It's not confirmed yet that he's actually... Oh, really? I don't... They put him in just in case, but I don't know if it's confirmed that he's like... Just in case. The, the actual villain. Oh, okay. Well... I mean, they got to make another one because that's the other thing we should say about this movie is everyone loves this movie. Like, I feel like I'm one of the only people in the world that didn't think it was that great. <laughs> yeah, you kind of are. No, there were, <laughs> there were a number of people that felt that way, especially like the length. And um, I guess we'll get into some of the, the reaction stuff near the end, but... That, that's uh, what surprised me the most is like it is three hours long which is way it's longer even than Zack Snyder's uh, Batman vs Superman and people were complaining about the length then um, but as far as I could see like it's still one of the most popular movies in Letterboxd like I, I've only seen positive things said about it I, I'm sure there are people who don't like it but I just mean overwhelmingly people seem to really enjoy it yeah no it's 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 beloved yeah um so and and i think a lot of that has to do with Zack snyder like this kind of pivot away from what he does like it's just the wrong time and place i think for Zack snyder in terms of like the movie zeitgeist like his energy his aesthetic 
people aren't really responding to it. Maybe in another time it would have worked. But the Batman, like its aesthetic, this kind of just, you know, dark, grim setting, like that really seems to fit in now. And it's playing like Nirvana. You know, it's kind of got like a 90s feel (laughs) and 90s is super in right now. Like everything was kind of working for what this movie was putting out there. When you think like Zack Snyder had such a run from 300 to Watchmen. It's like a 2000s feel like the Man of Steel. Yeah. And he like, I think he had become like a bit saturated. Yeah. The same way that people are getting kind of tired of like the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. Um, having the Batman and Joker both have more of a, a stripped down. Yeah like grittiness that feels a little like Joker feels like a Scorsese movie, like taxi driver and the Batman Mm. feels like one of these, like, I guess like a more well-polished, the crow kind of Mm. like, uh, it has that nineties vibe. All right. So with all Uh, that set in stone, uh, we're heading into your third viewing what are your expectations? Are you hope are you hoping to live the same? Did you think it would go down? What? I I expected about the same. Like there wasn't much that I went into aside from just like, will it still be entertaining to me? I think the the biggest complaint that I've kind of had since the first viewing, and maybe where I've started to knock it just a bit is that it really (laughs) does feel like it just took the core concept of the movie seven and made it (laughs) Batman. (laughs) And like that kind of gets stuck in my head a little bit of just like, Oh, they really just like remade seven. Like Mm. the Batman is a remake of the movie seven. That's it. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, but that checks out. Yeah. And not as good as seven. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're a, but a big fan of Fincher. I'm a big fan of Fincher. Uh, just like the end of Seven, I think is one of the most, like the biggest payoffs in a mystery movie I think I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Uh, it's iconic. Yeah. So the Batman I thought was good as a remake of that, but I do kind of like frown a little bit <laughs> whenever I just keep coming back to the fact that like, Oh yeah, it's doing seven. It's doing seven. But I kind of felt with this watch through, I got over that a little bit more like the second watch. I was a little more judgmental about it, even though Uh I still get caught up in like the movie. Uh, This time I let it go just a little bit more, but that's what I was curious about. Would that, would that sense of it being a seven remake uh, bother me? Hmm. I I was definitely excited to watch it a second time because as much as my reputation precedes me and I'm somebody who hates all the movies everyone likes <laughs> and likes all the movies everyone hates, like I want to like to see movies everyone else likes. Like that's a nice feeling. And I, I, I like Robert Pattinson. Like I like, I like Matt Reeves. Like I want to like, I, I think Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is an awesome movie. Yeah. And I've always re- wanted to revisit Cloverfield. Like everything I hear about it is really great. And I, I mean, I remember liking it, but if, I feel like I might like it a lot more if I watch it again. So uh, I'm all on board for the movie. Um, and when this movie came out and I saw it, I checked my letterbox. I watched it in April of 2022. Um, that was right after my daughter was born. So, like, I don't know what headspace I was in then. 
<laughs> I, I could have been manic. I, I may not have been judging properly. So I was definitely excited to watch it with a clear head and a little bit more of a forgiving mentality. We'd all love to hit skip on our problems now and again, but using wheat to deal with stress as a teen won't make your issues go away. That's because THC messes with parts of the brain responsible for fear and anxiety, making it even harder to manage them on your own. So even the smaller things can start to feel difficult to handle. Learn better ways to deal with stress at mindovermarijuana.com. That's mindovermarijuana.com. Sponsored by the California Department of Public Health. And what was the result? I definitely like it more. There were things that I remember not liking the first time that I liked this time. I still feel that the approach and makeup of this movie is inherently flawed for what it wants to achieve it, in terms of like my sensibilities and like what I'm looking for a movie to do. Like, I think the movie is undeniably doing good things. It is structurally sound. Like everything is in place for the movie to work and have emotional catharsis, but it's tough for me to get there. And for me, I think it's more of just stylistic aesthetic reasons. Like I think the movie doesn't quite it isn't just quite doing enough stylistically there in that concerns like a lot of different parts of the movie, but that's like my overall um, recap of how I feel is like, I want to like it. Like, I don't think it's like objectively bad or anything, but the energy, it's like the energy of this movie is just like lacking to me. Yeah. Cause it's a very downbeat. Like there's a, there's a heaviness to everything. Like sure. I think about, when you're talking about the style and I think about at least what I feel like I know of your sensibilities and what you mean when you say like the aesthetic of it, the energy of it, uh, given your penchant for Zack Snyder, Michael Bay, that Ooh. you would Ooh, want yeah. something at the end of the movie that's a little more stylized, like visually stylized, showing like the change in energy, the change in vibe that's not just batman helping some people in the dawn and and talking over it and like laying out the catharsis for me yeah you would want something that's like a final scene that's involving like a lot more brightness a lot more like energy that's part of the final battle mm -hmm. like maybe batman's using like a weapon that's igniting <laughs> lights in the building i don't know <laughs> but something that's like visually reinforcing the change that he's going through yeah I think you're, I mean, you're mostly hitting it on the head. Like, I don't want to give off the impression that I don't want to watch any movie that has negative energy. Like, the movie's, it's a very socially relevant movie. It's talking about our divided times. Like, I think it has to be a little dire. Um, like, I think that's okay as part of its message. Um, but the, the visual aspect you're talking about, like, I think you're kind of getting closer to what my, the big reason I couldn't quite get in step with this movie is that it's so long like being this long i don't have a problem with following movies but when you have a movie this long it is just inherently hard to craft an image a tone a vibe that is carried visually um outside of just like the colors and the grimaces on people's faces and stuff you know like it, that's a tough a tough sell like it's a tough thing to do 
And a lot of this movie is just like, you know, Robert Pattinson, there's three different scenes where he looks at this kid and he's connecting with this, this little kid who's lost his dad. And like, I see that. I know what Matt Reeves is doing there. I know the character journey that's happening, the the foundation that's being built. But like, that's kind of it. Like, I just, I just see it. Um, yeah. There's no like movie magic happening necessarily other than like the actors, which is, you know, all the actors are great. Um, but there's no like power there. Like that's the reason I like people like Zack Snyder and Michael Bay is like, say what you will about like how dumb their movies could be. They really create a visual sense of what's going on with people um, in a way that I, I just don't see in this movie. And so three hours of that is is very difficult for me to get into. You talk about the relationship that Batman has with the the son of the mayor who mm-hmm. was killed at the very beginning of the movie, which the parallels are right there, right? Thomas Wayne was running for mayor when he's killed and leaves Bruce uh, without any parents. And then this kid, his dad's mayor, is killed and now he's alone. And in that initial scene when Batman's at the crime scene, uh, it caps off with Batman looking into this other room where the kid is and they make eye contact. They keep and making eye contact. <laughs> it's the introduction of that uh, parallel between them with then the next encounters at the funeral, right? Mm-hmm. And you get Robert Pattinson or Bruce Wayne uh, seeing this kid and recalling being at his dad's own funeral and more of the established parallel. But the payoff on all of this is at the stadium when Batman's saving everybody after he's kind of rising to the challenge and putting his mark on saving the city in this major way. Uh, He falls into the water and it's this symbolic, it's this big scene that's symbolic of his rebirth. Water, whenever a character falls into water in a movie, you have to assume, <laughs> especially in a movie that's kind of using the heroic journey, that it's coinciding with the idea of like purification, rebirth, renewal. And the fact that this is the renewal project is pitched so hard in this movie or is such a an emphasis. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have uh, Bruce trying to like live up to his dad's name and figure out how to become a hero for the city he decides that vengeance is it the way they also create that parallel between him and riddler like Mm -hmm. riddler is the path that he could go down that's so negative and flawed and problematic that by falling into the water he's kind of purifying himself from being mr vengeance from being the thing that inspired riddler yeah um and it's right after that that he goes in and finally interacts with this kid and saves the kid, saves the new mayor, and leads them out of the darkness with the torch. And that's cool that you finally have that interaction, that you finally have like the water leading people through the water. He's carrying the flare with the lights in the darkness. Um, it's just kind of like, is it enough? Is it cinematic enough is it too subtle is like are these three encounters over the course of the movie enough of a development or is it too much background um or too thin it it it, having just three scenes in a three-hour movie like i see nothing wrong with that if those three scenes are really utilized and there's like a visual poetry going around the scenes 
enough of it. Like that last scene, I think comes the closest where he drops in the water and everything. And I will say this, Chris, the one thing I really appreciate about this movie, and you're going to love this, you're going to, your, your pants are going to fly off when you hear this. Um, <laughs> that the thing I appreciated most about this movie were any moments where I, I kind of saw the post cinema influence coming in. Interesting. Like, you could say on the surface, like it isn't inherently post-cinema. I say in this term, like everyone knows what it means. We, I guess we've talked about it on the show, but basically post-cinema, the definition is broad and crazy, but ultimately when it comes to the storytelling, there's no need for like exposition or explaining things. You just need to visually capture uh, what's going off the character psychologically and visually displaying their journeys without feeling the need to like set up something, you know? And I feel like that happened several times in this movie, including that falling in the water moment. Like, there's no reason for him <laughs> to fall in the water the way he does. Like, he holds onto, like, a wire and, like, cuts it dramatically and falls backwards in slow motion while looking up at everybody. Like, that's ridiculous. You know, you could just climb the ladder down and help people. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was beautiful. And, like, that whole lead up. But that was also kind of the frustration I had is that, I want to feel the power of that scene a little bit more. Like I wish that scene felt of this movie, but it feels a little outside of it to me. Like I wish there were more poetic moments like that where things slowed down, where you were like in the, with the characters. Um, but ultimately this movie to me is just like, it's a lot of talking and it's a lot of like action scenes that aren't that great. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. So basically what I think about that, that final scene where he meets the kid, like, I wish it had more power. I'm just frustrated by it. Because it's like close to what you want, but still not quite, right. not quite there. But for a lot of people, it's totally working, clearly. I mean, a lot of people, including you, really love that scene and felt the power of that. Yeah, there's, it's a, it's a movie that has a lot of restraint. Like, mm-hmm. it, for how long it is, it's very detailed and sparing and a lot of how it develops like scenes interactions characters it's like it's long because it's thorough as you said like a lot of talking a lot of okay let's follow this path till we get to the information we need rather than let's just leap to the information that we need um which then you have those moments that kind of like ramp up and pop off. Like mm-hmm. when you suddenly have the the chase with the penguin and it's the car chase and there's a dramatic music and the car flips over and Batman comes marching up. Like that gets my heart rate going. <laughs> like yeah, that's, right. that's a scene that even though it was in the trailer still hit. It's very, an amazing scene. Yeah. Very hard. Like the score in that is incredible. Um, and then it slows back down and goes back into its very methodical approach to everything. So that uh, methodicism, is that a... <laughs> sure, I like it. Is that a word that you can use? Absolutely. I can, I can see that being something that grates on people. And I feel like The Dark Knight was probably more of a balance between being methodical and being grandiose. Mm-hmm. Um, and hit a sweet spot that people really liked. And that's one of the dividing points I think people have between the Batman and the Dark Knight is that the Dark Knight had more of those like punchy moments. 
That's a good point. I was thinking about it just then, and you, you know, you you're describing how the sh- the movie will just like stop and steep in a conversation for like ten minutes. You know, like I feel like Bruce and uh, Alfred talk for like ten minutes in that hospital. Uh, that is just not something at all that you would see Michael Bay do. Like, no. if people are talking, they're like running and shooting and talking, you know? Like, we're getting everything, we're getting all the exhibition out of the way while you like watch some fun shit. Like, even Nolan is like that to an extent. Like, I'm thinking of uh, Joker slamming the guy's head down on the, the pencil. Like, there's always energy to the dialogue scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I do think that wore on me a little bit in this movie. Like, again, it, I found it frustrating because like the acting's so good. And I want to like the scene more. Like, I really want to buy into, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Commissioner Gordon. I forget the actor's name. Um, oh, yeah. When he's doing um, his, like, grisly voice. Like, I want to like that more. But, like, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey. I think it's just, I feel like that's a big part of it to me is we've talked about a lot about fish efficiency on the show. And I don't necessarily think movies need to be efficient. Like, sometimes I like when a movie leans into its like relaxed tone and uh, pace and it is okay kind of steeping in what it is but for this kind of movie like it's a real tough sell for me to like buy that a 10 minute conversation is the best move here like it could be cut down by half and we can still get all the same information we need we can still see plenty of great close-up shots that accentuate the actors like I just think the mo- this movie has a little bit too much of that you know yeah I get that. I mean, I'm a big Andy Serkis fan. Like, I kind of feel like Andy Serkis deserves way more credit than what he's gotten. And he's still, like, beloved, highly decorated. He gets a lot of big roles. Like, he's gotten to direct movies. He's had an outstanding career. Uh, but I still want him to have more because I feel like he deserves just <laughs> everything. And yet I kind of thought he was the weakest part of this movie. Um, His acting? Just like the interactions between him and Pattinson. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. For some reason, something was kind of missing to me um, in their energy, their connection, the delivery. Uh, so the scenes with him were a little harder for me or maybe mm-hmm. some of the the low points in the movie for me um it does kind of drag yeah and i don't know i don't know if that's because the bruce wayne character is so underdeveloped in this um that maybe that's some of the reason why the alfred stuff doesn't hit how i wish it would mm-hmm. or should um, and that hasn't gotten better in any of my, <laughs> any of my watchings. Um, yeah. you really want those scenes to hit too, because like, he's the connection between Bruce and his dead parents. Like he's all that Bruce has left. Yeah. There's just, and I get that there's like a formal reason why the Bruce Wayne stuff isn't all that mixed into the movie because Bruce himself doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne at that point. Mm-hmm. He's been rejecting his duties as Bruce because he wants to hide in the mask. And part of the character journey is him realizing how much the city needs him just as much as Bruce Wayne as it needs him as the Batman. Yeah. And that by the end, that's kind of 
the idea that he has to step into the light as well and yeah. be like Bruce Wayne more often. And so like formally, there's a reason why we don't have a lot of Bruce Wayne, but I think that kind of makes some of those scenes feel a little like rockier to me. Yeah. Again, you're speaking to what just my inherent frustration was with the movie, because that I would say the last chunk of this movie, the very end, like it affected me. Like the whole thing of the kid dropping into the water, the baptism, and then, and him coming out and having that whole speech about taking off the mask and meaning something to people. And Zoe Kravitz says, uh, you're like, oh, like, let's just go away and ignore all this. And Bruce is like, I can't. Uh, all that stuff, like, really hits on just social tensions, I think, and lo- what a lot of us have been going through, at least what I personally have been going through, and your impact in the world and uh, being yourself, like, realizing that the things you do matter to other people and ha- and make an impact. All that stuff is, like, coming in at the end. Like, I feel it. I just wish I could feel it more. Like, I wish I could watch the whole movie and feel that the whole time, but I kind of only feel it at the end, you know? And I think that's, like, that's my big criticism of this movie is that, like, it isn't established early. It is established, I guess, like, that. that is, that catharsis is definitely set up throughout the movie. Like, Bruce is, like, he wants to be Batman. He wants to, like, shy away. He doesn't want to be part of society. Like, I guess it's it's set up the foundation. But it just doesn't feel like enough of the movie to me. Like, I don't know. That's a terrible criticism to give because, like, I don't know what notes you even give on that. Like, you have to remake the whole movie, I guess. Um, <laughs> but the way he made, the way Matt Reeves made the movie, like, it just doesn't jive with, like, what I'm looking for, for the entire three hours to be impactful to me and for me to always be feeling it and seeing that story progress. Like, it's it's just too much lag. There's too much slow. The action scenes aren't directed good enough. It, it just, it was really tough for me to get into it. I guess it's one of those things, what jumps out to me in terms of solving that problem is that there's maybe not as many times that Bruce Wayne's called on to be present and do anything. So you're not necessarily seeing Bruce reject those and finally accept something. Mm -hmm. It's more so that he's like just doing his Batman thing and Alfred's kind of telling him like, hey, you know, you should go to meetings or this person wants to talk to Bruce, but you're not necessarily having like story elements that are calling out on Bruce Wayne. I mean, Joker or Riddler targets him a little bit, mm-hmm. but I feel like there maybe could have been some kind of subplot, though putting another subplot into a three hour movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be the ideal way to kind of have, Bruce have like a little bit more of an impact or have like a direct like this didn't happen because he wasn't present right um hmm. than what we got eh. yeah um all right why don't you talk about something you like because I feel like I'm just complaining um I I like the crime solving aspect like the mm. that it's more of a a mystery that's unfolding like a crime thriller rather than just an action movie or a spot fest i you don't like the action sequences but i really liked the action sequences um the less cuts in an action sequence the better 
And <laughs> I feel like this movie did that. There was an energy and like power to it. I think my favorite part of the movie is still like the opening, not the opening scene, but Batman's yeah. opening monologue and the train fight. Mm-hmm. Like that montage is just yeah. awesome uh, start to finish and kind of, <clears throat> it's kind of a shame that like the best scene I think in the movies in the first like 15 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think just Pattinson overall, Zoe Kravitz, I thought killed it every time she was on screen. Yeah. Just great. everything with her, uh, was very, uh, magnetic. And then I'm a big Paul Dano fan as well in a way that Paul Dano terrifies me. So I was just happy to see Paul Dano get to like go all out in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you said, except that opening scene. Um, I feel like this again, it's tough to like explain like why I don't really care for that opening scene, but I feel like that does capture like what you and I are both looking for a movie when it comes to action, you know, just like that. It's more upbeat pace. Like, I all that opening scene where like the cuts it's weird because like I think the way it's edited is sound I guess that's my take that's <laughs> what I say about this whole movie is like it's sound like I know like technically it works um like all the cuts between like the criminals looking into the darkness like I wish I felt the energy of that more but there's just something about the way it's paced um maybe it's like the the dialogue from Pattinson is like a little too generic. Like there's mm. something about that opening that to me, I don't know, not that it doesn't feel earnest, but I'm not feeling its earnestness enough. <laughs> and, and just the fighting itself. Like, I don't know. I, I, maybe I just like, maybe that's where we differ is I really do prefer a lot of good cuts in an action scene because I, I think it's a Michael Bay fan of me coming out. Um, but I feel like there's an art and a beauty to that that is much more difficult to master than just like letting people go at it, you know? Um, but we're getting into like, that's just me being pedantic about what kind of action I like. <laughs> yeah, and I'm on the complete other end of the... Yeah, right. This, but did you like the action sequences in the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies more than you like the action sequences uh... in Casino Royale? I'm with the public. I want to declare this right now. I am with the public and die another day. It sucks. Um, But the other Pierce Brosnan movies, like, yeah, they're pretty great. Yeah, like Casino Royale is like exactly what I wanted from a a Bond action sequence. I think I enjoy all the Craig Bonds. So we might be on the same page there. Okay. I mean, I like both. I I don't want to, I like a good, like, long action scene like i think they do it well in the northman and, and stuff like that um but oh, yeah but maybe not in the batman <laughs> i just when i think of when i think of like michael bay action sequences which isn't like necessarily fair to him but when i think of like pierce brosnan one of the things that annoy me there's one of the bond movies maybe it's die another day they're on speedboats and they're having this big like speedboat chase yeah. and it keeps doing close-ups of everybody's face yeah, right. So it's like a close up of Pierce Brosnan and then it cuts to like a close up of the person chasing him and a close up of Pierce Brosnan and <laughs> their hands like 
reaching for something. It's like, you're doing a speedboat chase and we're not seeing the speedboats do yeah, anything. Sure. <laughs> <sighs> um, I get that. But, you know, with the voiceover, I think almost every time a movie uses a voiceover, the voiceover should be cut. Right. And I, I would do the same thing here. I would cut the voiceover. Um, it is generic. It is exposition and does give us like insight into Bruce that we're not otherwise getting. But I think we would get that visually and it would be a lot more like powerful as you're putting together like each of these villains like or criminals like starting to walk away and they see the darkness and there's no voiceover telling us what they're feeling. Yeah. It's just we're understanding the energy that's coming through with that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, mm, what was your favorite thing? Uh, how about I talk about something I wish could have been my favorite thing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which And I want to get your feedback on this because I feel like this directly leads into a big divergence I have from the public when it comes to movies. Which, in my mind, a lot of the times when someone identifies like a bad movie in quotes, like this movie is bad or this movie is so bad, it's good. It's more of a stylistic thing where it has no, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like the plot or plot holes or like goofy things happening as much as it has to do with like these people are acting like people normally act in movies. Like this is so atypical that what we're used to with movies, think Morbius, I guess like, that movie is kind of wacky if you're comparing it to all other superhero movies made today. And I think a lot of that has to do with just like the tenor of the movie. Um, but I would conjecture that like the Batman, because it's serious, you know, because it takes things seriously, because it kind of resembles what we expect of superhero movie or it, it taps into an energy we want from superhero movies that we kind of ignore a lot of the campier seemingly campy things it does um a lot of the ridiculous things that happen that make no sense like him dropping into that water while looking up at everybody like that's ridiculous um so i'm wondering like when you watch this movie do you sense that do you sense the camp that's happening do you see moments where you're like this is really ridiculous i mean there are aspects that are over the top um, and I think anytime somebody uses slow-mo, it's dangerous. Uh, even <laughs> slow-mo master himself, Zack Snyder. Um, you didn't see Black Adam, did you? I don't think you could pay me to watch that movie. There's a character that controls the wind. Uh, I forget what her power is, but she's often on the wind. And every time she uses her power, it goes into a slow-mo of her kind of like spinning as she does anything and you could tell they were trying so hard to kind of copy the energy of Zack Snyder without oh, actually sure. understanding it and it's just kind of ridiculous many have tried so I mean I get the the logic he's hanging on to this there's a cable it's electric if it touches the water it's gonna <laughs> electrocute everybody so he jumps onto it to cut it but in doing so he plummets he could have just um, jumped in the water at the very least but if it he wouldn't be able to stop the electricity if it touches the, oh, right, right, he, right. he needed to kill the electricity yeah, yeah, yeah so it is like a little cheesy having the dramatic fall but 
I think the context around the scene can like what you're saying, the seriousness of the rest of the movie maybe grounds that or gives it like a little bit of a, a buffer to where people are like, well, I can still buy into the seriousness of the moment. Yeah. Where like Morbius, I don't, I think it's mostly that people think what it's doing is cheesy. Cheesy is a good word. Sure. While trying to be good. Like it's not (laughs) self-aware cheesiness. Don't you think every movie's trying to be good? Yeah, but I think it's... Ah, did they know this looked stupid when they did it versus... That's, like, that's, did they think it was awesome? Right there, what you just said. Do they know it looks stupid? When you say something like that, to me, that just means it doesn't look like how everyone else does it. Like, what is stupid? Like, what makes it stupid other than, like a very stupid thing happening is it the energy of the movie the, like the way it's filmed the way it's acted uh, the, the reason i ask all this is like i look at so many moments in the batman and i'm like that is so stupid like zoe kravitz is in her apartment with this girl this girl is trying to remain hidden and zoe kravitz is sneakily dressing up as catwoman in an apartment that has gigantic windows that robert pattinson just stares right into uh, all the police investigating skills are a complete joke. Like they try to make it seem like Bruce is like this very perceptive person, but all he does is like look at blood on the floor, and the person's like, "Oh, I should take a picture of that." <laughs> like Zoe Kravitz drinks milk. Uh, Zoe Kravitz stops caring about her friend the second she goes missing. You know, um, and then this movie also has a number of things that famous bad movies do. Like I'm a, I- I'm an expert in trash cinema. Trust me. And this movie does so many things like like when Bruce and Zoe Kravitz quietly fight each other, like so many shitty movies have done that. <laughs> um, they make up a drug in this movie like Riverdale did that. Like it's so stupid. They have this made up drug like so many movies have done that. I, I, all this combined, like I look at all that. And to me, like that's stupid. Like that's the kind of stuff people would look at and say a movie is dumb. It's hard for me to keep track. Like when we decide something is stupid and isn't. Um, and to me, a big reason you don't think of the Batman is stupid is because the energy surrounding all these scenes is, is serious. You know, it's just, it's more of a tonal thing. No, I think that's fair. Like I would, I would agree somewhat with that. Like they get the tone, right. Which gives like a, a weight to these things that allows them to be a little like accepted in a way to where like, if you watch Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch the basketball scene in Catwoman. Oh, I love that scene. You love that scene. Trash cinema but, at its finest. Yeah, it's one of those scenes where you watch it and it's just like the tone of it starts to go off the rails. Yeah. And it's a question of is that tone something that we're supposed to be laughing at or like laughing with or is it something that we're laughing at? And maybe that's the biggest difference to me. Like... Uh, it, I mean, we're getting into the weeds about a whole other set of issues that like doesn't involve the Batman, <laughs> but like, all right, take that question. Like, are we supposed to laugh at it? If you are art supposed to laugh at it, does that matter? Does that destroy the art of what it is and like the energy it gives off? Like, is it bad to laugh at a scene? Is it kind of laughing at itself or is it just like a fun scene that you can laugh at, even though it's earnestly done and like maybe done technically well? I 
it seems like a, a difference to me. Like if I think the energy of a scene in like, say, Drive, mm-hmm. uh, where it's some like serious scene. And if it comes off in a way where I'm just like, that is so stupid mm-hmm. and I'm laughing at it, the where mask. there can be. Yeah, right. Where I think the mask is like it's done in a way to where like we're supposed to be laughing with it or it knows like what it's trying to do in that moment that it is ridiculous that we can buy into it mm-hmm. rather than necessarily being like, oh, this is like awful. We're talking that's... about the mask that he wears in the movie, not the movie, the mask. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when he shows up at the restaurant and like looks through the window and then puts the mask on. <laughs> yeah. It's so absurd, but it I is. think it it knows that it's like taking us to a point of absurdity. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I don't think necessarily maybe Catwoman or Morbius or mm. um, The Room do. And maybe that's... So like, absurd is bad. I think absurd's bad if you don't mean to be absurd. Uh, I guess I disagree. Um, absurd is just, like, something a movie can be. Like... Uh, and I think a big reason we say it's absurd is, again, because, like, it's not normally what we see. Like, it's so off the wall. It is so atypical to what we're used to. Like, that's what makes it absurd. Um, so I like when a movie breaks that barrier. <laughs> like, I, I'm all in on a movie that's willing to, like, go an extra step and maybe not even realize it's going an extra step. That that makes it even better. I mean, it... It is the recipe for a lot of the the cult cinema, but I think that that's like the tipping point between like feeling like, oh, this is absurd because the filmmaker made a conscious choice to take us to that place mm-hmm. and we can appreciate what it's going for versus, oh, they were trying to do something and the result was like disastrous. Interesting. Okay, so to go back, big roundabout, when you asked me what I liked about this movie, and I said, I'll tell you something I wish I liked about this movie. Um, I wish the movie owned the camp a little bit more. Like, to me, all that goofy stuff that's happening, like, that's something you can have fun with and still be a serious movie that takes things seriously. And the movie just never really does it. Like, when Zoe Kravitz drinks milk, like, that should be really funny, but it kind of isn't. It's presented really normally. I just, like... I wish the movie had a more sense of fun about itself. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess that's the... It wouldn't be this movie. I, I guess Well, it, yeah. Right. I guess it's hard for, like, the tone that it's going for to have that sense of fun, which, like, I would take out her drinking milk completely. <laughs> because, because it is, like... Either you're going to go there and make it, like, to the point where you want it to go. Yeah. Or you probably shouldn't. <laughs> I just want a mix. I want a movie to just own what it is. You know, I, I have I have no reason. There's no reason this movie can't have the seriousness and the catharsis it has at the end, while also not making a joke about Zoe Kravitz drinking milk. Like, come on, guys, take what? notes from the '90s Batman movies. Yeah, I was gonna say, is there a movie that's as serious as this that has those lighthearted I, elements in a way he, that? This is where we differ. Like, I think the 90s Batman movies are totally serious. Like, I think Batman and Robin. Oh, God, are we doing this? All right. 
I got emotional at the end of Batman and Robin. Like I felt the power at the end of Batman and Robin way more than I feel the power in the Batman. Like when <laughs> when Batman, Robin, and uh, Batwoman are all running towards the camera, like <laughs> there's this like as stupid as you may think it is, and as ridiculous as it sounds, like the movie's so committed to its aesthetic, and it's so of what it is that like I just feel the power of the moment visually like uh, structurally tonally like it builds this very climactic moment and I find such amazing catharsis from it um, in a way that I just don't think a lot of a lot of people are looking for just more story like more going on more interaction more character dynamics and I don't necessarily need that out of a movie to, to feel the power. Like I think the Batman has all that stuff going on, which is, which is great. And I think that speaks to a lot, a bigger, a, a more of like what the movie sensibilities are these days. Like people want that more. Um, but for me, like that's a tougher sell as well. Like you have a lot more work to do in that arena. Um, so I kind of like when movies are just simpler <laughs> and dumbed down for me, you know? <laughs> well, I, I get that like the joel schumacher movies i will say feel very intentional to me in <laughs> what they're doing in a way that like morbius does not yeah. um to where like i would be much more appreciative of like batman and robin than morbius i, I agree more... with you on that yeah yeah i think that's kind of like the divide where i mean morbius is definitely aware of some of the the camp elements like when matt smith dances mm-hmm. um but then I think it tries to make like Morbius on the roof and like Morbius in the train tunnel <laughs> as these like climactic like mm-hmm. be in awe of this. Yeah. So, yeah. Morbius's problem was like an editing post-production thing. Like I don't know if the studio got involved, but it's clear that like some stuff was taken out that made it not work as well. Yeah. Which is the same with like the studio versions of a lot of these like DC movies. Yeah. I feel like you're just seeing a lot of the intended like epicness falling flat on its face versus the the snyder cuts of the movies Mm -hmm. um so and then joel schumacher movies do have more of a like a cinema quality about them where i think the batman is a more literary story told through cinema and i get why that could have like a difference of like style taste for you but i i like the literary mm-hmm. kind of stuff so this still like appealed to me very much and still like i'm excited for the next one. Oh yeah i i think it appeals not only to you but like more of the movie pop i mean i don't know this for sure i would have to do a survey um but just from like my interactions with people online and the way i see people talk about movies like I mentioned this book already in the show, so it annoys me to hell that I'm mentioning it again. But everything bad is good for you. Um, it's this book about like how visual uh, media, video games, TV shows, movies have become more complicated. In quotes, I'm putting complicated in quotes because I've now read the whole book and am saying it sarcastically. Um, like th- he views movies and TV shows as getting more complicated because there's more going on. Like, think of uh, Sopranos and just, like, how many different storylines are going on in a single episode. That is such a far cry from, like, Three's Company, where, like, everything's <laughs> set up in the opening seconds and you get it. Um, 
or the Adam West Batman TV show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so you can care, compare like Lord of the Rings or the Batman to a lot of older movies. Like there's more characters, there's more narrative threats, there's more to follow. Um, in the book makes the argument that it's requiring more of your cognitive brain to process all that, which I totally agree. I, it would require more of the, is that the right side of your brain? Uh, whatever the cognitive side yeah. is. Um, but I think that's Frontal the area. Lobe? Yeah, one of them. Uh, <laughs> one of the lobes. Um, but I think that's the inherent flaw with the book is I think that there's such a uh, a mentality around like books and literary and like that equal like you have to uh, reading a book is much more beneficial to you than like watching a movie like in taking more information like getting more dialogue like learning more about a person like that's all important to finding catharsis emotional catharsis in a movie or in a book and i just like i just disagree like i <laughs> like i think that's the inherent flaws like what about the other side of your brain that processes like the art in the visual like what about like this whole character dynamic this whole scene where bruce and and alfred talk in the hospital like does that need to happen can that all that energy i spent time watching it can that can be conveyed in a different more visually intoxicating way like can the batman be an hour and 50 minute movie and still do everything at once and be like visually fantastic like that's just more of what i'm looking for so it's it's i think that's just the disconnect i have with the I think the Batman was aware of more of what the public wants. Like the public, we've been trending this way for forever. Movies, TV, like we want more in our movies and it's the Batman. Like it's the biggest movie of the year. Like it has to like have as much as it can possibly have. And I feel like that's kind of coloring the way I watched the movie as well. Like maybe this is just an issue I'm dealing with, but like, I just want something different from the movie. And I'm thinking about like what everyone else wants and whatever one else wants is, more boring to me <laughs> did you like speed racer did i make you watch that before you haven't made me watch it. i mean i love the wachowskis so yeah so you've never watched it though i haven't oh i'm very curious to see how that would how that would land for you yeah i i've always wanted the do you like it yeah okay a lot it has a following so yeah it's uh it's something where like the last 15 minutes I think is incredibly powerful and it's all like very visually it's this um, dovetailing of the visual and the narrative in what I think is like a very powerful way. Yeah. I mean, I would say the matrix movies do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> we hit our, we're past time now. Yeah. Do we want to, end here i mean i hate to have the show end on me just like ranting <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's plenty of other plenty of other episodes where you know it'll end in different ways yeah, ending yeah. with a travis rants is okay if there's nothing nice. else you want to say i mean i i think i covered most of what i wanted to talk about yeah i think you know we typically talk about the audience response here but we talked about the audience response yeah. it was good it's positive people have been debating uh you know do you prefer the batman now or do you prefer the dark knights like it's entered into that conversation and what about batman and are... robin <laughs> not, <laughs> not in the conversation uh which has been very divisive the people that are like dark knight 
stalwarts are just like how dare you how could you and then you have people that are the batman fans now that really enjoyed the slower pace the Mm -hmm. the darker tone the more straight the groundedness rather than the punchiness I think, like, in comparison, you could almost make the argument that The Dark Knight is closer to the Joel Schumacher movies than <laughs> The Batman is. <laughs> God, you just pissed off so many people. I know. And uh, The Dark Knight Rises feels like a Joel Schumacher movie to me. <laughs> oh, man. I've only seen that once, and I really didn't like it, so I don't even know how to react to that statement. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, like, the worst version i would much prefer the joel schumacher movies to the dark knight rises Ooh, that is uh that is a big statement right there yeah so i was very happy to have like a post nolan movie that was as good as this one was but i'm excited for the sequels i'm still like a big proponent of the idea that superheroes should be treated like sports teams that you can have like multiple versions of it. Uh, that are all playing the same game. Sure. Right. Yeah, I and, like that. Like, I think that there should be like multiple Batman movies, worlds. Like, it shouldn't just be the one franchise. So I'm glad that it's starting to branch out just a little bit. Like, we have the Joker world, we have the Batman world. Like, could a version of the Batman appear in the Joker movies? Mm. Perfect. Sure. Give me that. Like, I don't need these movies to cross over. I don't need like Pattinson to be the only Batman. Like I wish we had 20 different Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Give me that. So and then combine them all in the one movie when the multiverse comes in. There we go. Uh, so I'm excited for the next one, but I'm also excited for just like future Batman. Yep. I'm definitely excited. I'm um, hoping the next one is about just two hours long, but I'll take what they give me. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, it's they're talking. They announced it in April of 2022, so I imagine we'll have some updates sometime this year for sure. Okay, so we'll stop. I guess the clock has been stopped. It doesn't matter. We went over time, and cumulatively, we have gone over time, and we will be punished soon. So look out for that. Um, but what do we want to tell people to do at the end here? Go to filmcolossus.com. Um, I'm going to start putting together a Batman movie guide. Uh, we'll slowly be getting to it throughout the week. Uh, so if you have any questions, anything you want us to talk about, uh, if you want to speak to any of the movie magic going on in this movie, the themes, the motifs, like go to the site and comment and we'll include as much as we can. Yeah. Every movie guide has a question and answer section as well. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything that you just need an answer to, or there's comments that you want on the the theme, motifs, ending, any of that, so you can ask in there. And then we also are constantly updating our rankings for movies on there. If you want to check out the latest things that we've watched and how we felt about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash film Colossus. If you want to hear these episodes without ads, uh, no new perks yet, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. And speaking of figuring it out, we're here at the end of the show, Chris. Uh, do we have a sign off yet? Do we some sort of chance we do? What, what's happening? <laughs> Colossus. Joel Schumacher. We talked about uh, Joel Schumacher so much in this episode. More than I ever expected. <laughs> 
I feel like every G- Gen Z listener is just like, who is that? Why do they keep talking about him? I know. I know. They'll find out one day. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll find out. All right. I don't know. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. Got a big question to ask.